Andrew, I had no idea how much having our own merch on E-Elite Sports would help us. But we're getting some support. So shout out my guy Shane from E-Elite Sports really putting in the work for us. Uh, you can shop their full line of collection too. It's not just us. Of course, we want to give some love to everything that they're doing. They've got college athletes signed to you know promote their own stuff. Everybody wants to be somebody, right? My name's Jacob Rodriguez. My initials are JR. They can turn that into something that's really, really special. And that's why you shop with Elite Sports. You work with Elite Sports to get something really off the off the ground that you're really passionate about. Yeah, EliteSports.com. Use code SQUARE at checkout. Tired of winning the tailgate but losing the games? We can't help that. But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. Welcome, everybody, to the new Squaring Around studio. I actually got new Wi-Fi, too, so I wonder if this makes a difference in our quality of coverage of Texas State. We will see. We'll we see if, see. It's, uh, if I, it helps out. I could out. look like a Minecraft character for all I know right now. I don't think... I. You look pretty good on my screen, so... No, no, you look great, too. Maybe we just... We found the axes on which Earth spins, you know, and mm, connected. Mm. Wapiton and San Antonio. God, God help us, bro. So... Normally, we come onto this show with a lot of energy, and it's not just because of everything going on in my personal life. Stop this, bringing up your fucking personal life. This is a direct result of what happened on the field, and perhaps, Zim, I was talking to you about this earlier, like, were we too pie in the sky on this team when we beat Baylor? No. Of course. Uh, were we too pie on the sky when this team lost to UTSA and then went on, like, a two-game run? Probably. Uh, now, though... I like, don't think so. No? I, I don't I'm gonna push back. I okay. think that we have been the most level headed of level headed podcast hosts on the network. And I'm reaching out all the way across the Dave Campbell's football podcast network here. We are the only group who the highs have been high. And what have we said? Hey, six and six. The lows have been kind of low. Lose losing the UTSA, the loss against Coastal Carolina, UL or uh, UL. Yeah, those aren't great. Those are bad. But no. what have we said the whole time? Level headedness calm serenity something new for me so i'm here for it i think we've been great i'm pushing back on that serenity now yeah yeah holy shit i didn't know uh tj finley was held to like 49 yards in the air yes yes coastal carolina 11 49 yards not great is that what you want to is that where we want to start i mean there's a different ways we can go here yeah i mean well they, if you're talking about a spread offense right i mean the numbers that's it's right there like they, we couldn't spread the ball and the frustrating part is that it wasn't as close as the score shows I think that's one of those things that I think a couple years ago, Texas State fans would say, well, you know, you look at the box score, it's not that bad. But TJ Finley didn't look like himself. We saw in the warmups, he had the ankle tap, the spatted uh, cleat all the way up the leg with the one sleeve leg deal. And we both said, hey, is this like an injury or is this just a fashion statement? Might be an injury. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Um, yeah, he took a couple shots, but that, that's part of playing quarterback. And and, and uh, yeah, he's he's good. Um, he looked bad, uh, throughout the game. He's still my guy. I still have him as the, uh, Sunbelt player of the year, even with the performance he had against Coast Carolina, but boy, oh boy, was it a bad, it was a stinker. That was horrible. 
And then on the other side, shout out uh, Ashley Vasco, Ethan Vasco's sister, the third string quarterback out of Coastal Carolina who diced us up for 145 yards, 17 to 27 and two touchdowns with a gorilla tattooed on his arm, Zim. Yeah, we had a good joke about that. He's going bananas. That's why um, Ashley retweeted us. Shout out Ashley Vasco. Shout out Ashley Vasco. You know, if we're going to build friends, might as well build them over there with the uh, sand chickens is what the uh, rest of the East calls them. I, I like Coastal Carolina fans. I've always liked Coastal Carolina fans. I like they very, have a little very bit of respectful online. This is one of the many weeks or one of or one week in a string of many where we were not added in some stupid thread online by the opposing team's fans to stir up some rivalry talk. And I, I do get a kick out of that because yeah, I, like I, I guess I guess because we're like a fanalist podcast that we get tagged. But I never see the actual I don't see Colton or Kef get like thrown under the bus. You know, I don't see the actual like J journalists get thrown. But you and I, you, Mr. Moneybags over there, who's looking at everybody's pockets and me, the blowhard. Somehow we get pulled into this. So whatever. I think we've done again. You know, and pat ourselves on the back. We have not engaged. We have had good social media training. We're not going out in the trenches and trying to stir the pot on uh, Elon Musk's internet. This is uh, good for Texas State whenever G.J. Kenny loses, right? Texas State is protecting its own future bag operation <laughs> every time G.J. Kenny drops it back. So maybe, maybe this is G.J. looking out for Texas State. What do you think about that? So is this your spin? Is this the spin zone here, Doctor? No, 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 no. Yeah. Okay, so I like where your head's at. I like the idea that oh, G.J. Kenny purposely losing games on the road so that games, he, will, yeah. he will potentially stay in Texas. I'm curious. Mississippi State fans, uh, shout out to you guys who had, did the laziest Photoshop job I've ever seen. I've seen some pretty lazy Photoshop jobs. Mm. Total show. Did you see the, this Photoshop where they took the the – the GJ Kinley and hope we'll throw us on here, producer Jake. No, they have they have the photo of spat or a photo of a uh, GJ in wow. a black pullover, a Did black ex, pullover. Your ex girlfriend's name. I, I know a little Freudian slip, but they put uh, GJ in the black pullover. They literally just take the super cat off and put the MS logo on, and then they call it a day. It's like, come on, guys, what are we doing here? They didn't even change the hat. So I whatever. I shout out to them. I'm glad that their Photoshop works. I, they weren't doing a whole lot over there. Um, but Take yeah, okay. Mississippi. Losing, this, losing this game, do you think that that keeps G.J. Kenny here? I don't know. I think that's just a bad loss. I don't think he was going anywhere after year one. Everybody's if, – if you said, oh, my God, after the Baylor win. Well, now we've had time after the Baylor win to process how fucking dog shit Baylor is as an institution and uh, athletics department, maybe. <laughs> and – you know, maybe our first Power 5 win was definitely a gimme, which appreciate it, but, you know. I don't like that, but, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It's grown into that, though, like, you know, mm -hmm. like, that just kind of is what it is. Where are they sitting in the fucking Big 12 right now? They're, like, bottom of the barrel. Close close to the bottom. Yeah, Case, Case uh, Kansas has been good. K-State's been good. Iowa State, so-so. Yeah, I mean, they're close to the bottom if you take away the – uh, additions of UCF, Cincinnati, and BYU. Yeah, they they're the bottom. Um, worst team in Texas by far. Well, let's worst Power Five team in Texas by far. This is interesting. I don't like to think that that was a gimme game. I like to think that that was just the first roll of the snowball that has now caressed into a potential job opening in Waco. Uh, and you know, it doesn't. I guess it it's not completely 
right? Baylor's fault that they were so that they're so dog shit now, right? Like, because that's like, because how many losses do you think you need as a team to like completely lose faith and just kind of stop trying or like, you know, like. As Texas State teams of the past, uh, I think it's like five or six. You know, where you stop, where you start seeing the bowl, the bowl win total, like the door closing on you. You know, you realize you're not going to do anything in December. When you, when you have like three wins and conference plays like halfway over, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I hear that. Um, I don't know. I'm not giving them any credit for that though. Look, I, I think it's more indicative of the four losses that Texas State has. You go through those four losses, UTSA a team that played and won their conference last year. You go to UL, a reigning powerhouse team in mm-hmm. the conference. You think about Troy, the defending conference champion, and then you think about Coastal Carolina, who won the conference a couple years ago. So these aren't losses to ULM or Arkansas State or anything like that. These are essentially good losses, but they're they're bad losses across the board because especially with the Coastal and the UL loss, where I can look back and I can say, you know, those could have been wins or should have been wins if the team plays to their standard. You look at it that way, okay, you know, you can be disappointed as a fan, but I, I think Texas State's right where we kind of thought they were going to be. A good wow. win against Southern, a solid win against Baylor. I mean, I don't know how much more you can ask. In year I, one. Guess that's, I guess that's the thing is because you can always be like, ah, well, non-conference wins don't mean anything, or non-conference wins uh, mean everything, or non-conference losses mean nothing. But what always will hurt you is Sunbelt losses, which is yes. what we're talking about recently, you know? Yeah. Uh, look, and – if you said to me, let me ask you this, mm-hmm. you lose the Southern game, so you're a five-loss team, but you win against UTSA, would you like it more? Would the season be more of a success? I don't think so. I think what Texas State has done to this Maybe point, earlier on, we secure more donations or something, or everybody's like really jazzed in, and we set an attendance record for that first home game against Jackson State where we scored, you know, we, we go on a three-game run. You're setting up a three-game run. And for us to just get body slammed by Nevada the next week, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Well, I I'll I'll say this. I I would, and look, I am the biggest UTSA hater on the planet. Like I'm the same as you. I'm the same as everybody else who wants Texas State to beat UTSA and everything. Mm-hmm. But if you said to me, we take the Southern loss off and we put the UTSA win on, yeah. I like I like. Having that win, I like Southern winning that game at home, jumping the river. I I like where the season's at this point. Now, I would would have liked us to beat Coastal, and I think we should have. If you want to talk about play calling, uh, what the hell are we doing? The entire second half? Yeah. The entire Texas State went to halftime and did not change. It didn't feel like they changed anything in the second half. Player two has left the game, brother. I mean, I was on the phone with you the entire time. We had a a FaceTime call for about four hours. I ran through one entire portable charger on that call. (laughs) And it was just like the Manning cast. Maybe eventually we'll do that on our YouTube channel. Um, But when, when you go through, like, Okay, so we take TJ out, whether he's hurt or not, you know, nobody's still up in the air. And we'll see, honestly, this weekend, because if he is hurt, he probably won't play against Arkansas State. But he doesn't come in. He, he doesn't play most of the second half. Malik Hornsby does. And we don't use him in any type of way that's unique. It was more just a running quarterback. And I, maybe that's the game call. Maybe that's, like, what uh, Leftwich was calling. But I don't think it was. I think he was just kind of a little deer in the headlights a little bit. You know, yeah. and he did lead a couple scoring drives, but it wasn't enough. Well, because you have to think, right, coming into the end, I mean, within two minutes, it was still kind of our game to lose, you know, because it, right, like two minutes, Mac, Mac, maybe not two minutes, but maybe Fourth the quarter? last, maybe the last quarter. Yeah. 
that gives me a little bit more time to justify this take. <laughs> uh, but I was really frustrated, honestly, because I was like, well, Malik even said, like, I'm only here because I want to show everybody how good my arm is. I have never seen this guy throw a football, <laughs> pretty much. He threw for like 32 yards the whole day. You don't have enough film to justify playing quarterback at this point, if you're Malik yeah. Hornsby. He is, he's done a very good job running option. If Texas State wants to become an option team with the amount of running backs that we have in the future, that is something that I think is 100% on the table. But to this point, he hasn't thrown the ball enough for me to know. So, yeah, no, I agree. I think after this game, honestly, for me and my own, my own eye, like Texas State just gets a bigger question mark next to it now. Because, like, what is this team? Like, how oh, do you, I, do you I, have, I like, chalk it up boring too. success one week? And then, like, you call, like, a complete opposite style game plan the second week. And then it's like, wait, this is the, you know, you could have mirrored both game plans, I think, Southern and Coastal, right? Maybe. Uh, you really yes. didn't know what you were going to get out of the quarterbacks. Yes and no. I would say this. I would say that the loss to Coastal Carolina is indeed disappointing. You you should be disappointed in that loss of your Texas State. However, the weather was bad. It was raining early. The weather TJ outside Finley- was frightful. TJ Finley did not look like himself. He looked like a shell of himself. It looked like maybe 60, 50% of what he usually is. Um, yeah, all of that plays into the fact. And also, Coast Carolina's defense was a lot better. I think it was a lot better than people gave it credit for. It was a lot better than what we saw. They, they did a good job yeah. shutting down the run. Like, we didn't we didn't really be able to establish any sort of unique run game. And at the end of the day, pay, we paid for it. Now, you look at the rest of the schedule here. Arkansas State and South Alabama, those are two winnable games. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I said we could win out and potentially have nine wins. Well, that's not going to happen. But eight wins is still very much in the cards. But Texas State has to put the hay in the barn. they got to get the job done this weekend. Still at least seven wins, right? I mean, what do you what do you think? You want to give this team a win already? Or... I, I do. I want I want them to go I to Jonesboro. I want to say, oh, yeah, easy peasy. Jonesboro, easy dubs. But because of the way this team, team traveled last week, and then depending on whether or not the health of TJ Finley. Well, like, I would, I'll put this, the way they've traveled all season, Texas State, not historically a home team. Historically, Texas State has been better, has shown better performances, at least in recent memory, on the road because they just didn't have a home crowd. Yeah, the just, the fact is that they are having a better like upset them. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, where'd that come from? 100%. The fact that they have an actual home crowd now in San Marcos does play a part in this team's success. And it has been something that all of us have thought for a while that if they had fans, like it might turn, it might have a spark. And it's proven to be true that when there's fans in the stands, this team plays better. When they go on the road, for whatever reason, they don't play to their level. Yeah. It's uh, tough to see, you know, because you're like, well, why can't we just be consistent or like win the games we should maybe? I don't know. I In my head, I thought we totally should have wrapped up Coastal. Like it, we should be a seven-win team right now. Yes. Uh, if if you would have told me before the season that we were going to beat Coastal, I would have said, I don't know. I don't know about that one. But no Grayson McCall with the way this team was playing, that should have been a win last week. And now the question is, Going to Jonesboro against the fighting Butch Joneses, what do you expect? A guy you know, with nothing what, what to do you lose, coaching for his job, you know? A guy who 100%, now granted, 
Arkansas State, not the type of fan base is going to cut a check. This isn't Texas A&M. They're not going to pay out their coach to leave. Mm -hmm. But it is very much, you might not get a contract extension. In fact, you might not get an analyst job in some of these other places for how bad of a job he has done at Arkansas State. They still have a freshman quarterback. This team is still bottom of the barrel in the conference. You should be able to go to Jonesboro this weekend and get a win. That's period, end of story. And, yeah. and let me add one more thing. Mahdi against Coastal, bad game. Yeah. 18, to, 18 was his longest. 97 for the day. 18 was his longest. But I don't know. Do you count that as like, is that like a possession thing? Like if he had more possessions, more touches, Texas State stays on the field longer, he does have a better day. But every well, time you don't go down by two scores, every time the quarterback <laughs> took a snap, it seemed like we couldn't get anything going. And another thing about Texas State's offense, I guess, is that, right, we have two very different quarterbacks, I guess, three or four, depending on if you want to rope in. Yeah, we have two. We have two different Rogerson. quarterbacks. But uh, TJ Finley, right, widely regarded as a pocket passer. I've said it before. If anybody gets into the, the pocket, his speed rating goes all the way down on Madden. Um, but like Malik or Malik Hornsby, right? Very well known as a dual threat guy. When we text state signed him, everybody was like, wow, we're going to see really crazy offense. And why the fuck is TJ taking in touchdowns? Like, like, you know, like if there's like, I don't know, like there's one tool to use and it's not TJ. And if there's, and then like separately, like if Malik isn't the one that's supposed to be throwing the balls, why is he, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I don't know. Do you do you want to talk about the play calling when it comes to con- trying to go for fourth downs on the other side of the field? Yeah, that was weird, you know. Uh, you know, but I guess I wanted to see them take shots and they did. I liked right? I liked that we were aggressive on their side of the 50. I would have liked to get some points out of it though. Mm-hmm. When you look at the final score and you think to yourself, well, we could have taken three points here or there, maybe it's a different ball game. But you know, hindsight 2020. Uh Leftwich makes a bunch of the assistant of the year list mm-hmm. like watch list now because they, they're starting to put those out what do you make of that uh very good and, and is guess. it deserving you do not think he deserves it well now i'm asking you is it deserving i think he deserves it for sure i just i don't know well because right like anything for texas state is good no like being on these watch lists and stuff it would be different if we were like a four-win team then you'd be like how the hell do we got on this list? Well, we're a very successful team. You know, we're six and four. We got the world still, you know, in our oyster. When you lose five games, like we drop against Arkansas State, people are going to be like, hey, uh, maybe he's a finalist, but he does not win the award, you know? I agree. I think that him being on the list is important. I think it's good for the program. I do think he deserves it. I, I would like a little bit more. Look, him and GJ are both geniuses. I don't know what has been hold the hold up here a couple weeks, but between the Troy game and now this game, it, there's times where it's like, okay, we we need to be a little bit more conservative. We need to be a little less conservative. I think it's just them finding their rhythm as coaches, you know, and, and, and with this at this level. It's I'm not saying that this is like SEC prime time games they're playing in, but I think there is something to be said for a six win team trying to get their seventh win. In the Sun Belt, it's a different, it's a kind of, it's a different ball game. It's a different ball game. It's so, it's such a, like a even any given Saturday feel to yeah. the Sun Belt because like all these teams really could whoop some ass, you know. Even ULM, right? They took so many guys like very close, and it's like, oh, that was ULM. I didn't know that. Um, you know, I don't know. 
I don't know what to make of it. I don't know how to feel. I no fumbles for Texas State. That was nice to look at. Hey, look at that ball security, which is a big issue for us. Maybe it was just you know, Coastal's defense is sleepy good, you know, and they shut the shit no, down. Yeah, they they have one of the better what to expect the from the offense, and they diced us up, and it didn't it went against our game plan. And I don't want to say being a producer is the same as being a college coach, but it's hard to see like a plan you created like burn in flames in front of you and then flip, you know, but that's what you're supposed to do at halftime. And we failed to do it. Bad halftime, no halftime adjustments. Yeah. Zero. Jacob home field apparel has the most unique in my, the most unique college athletic apparel across the board. And they just got bomber jackets, which are super cool. So if you're a fan of pretty much any sec, big 12, big 10, pac 12, Old Southwest Conference School, you are set. Now, they are lacking Texas State, but I promise you after our bowl win, there's no reason for them not to give us new Boca merch. But until then, if you have a loved one or anybody else in your family, maybe you're doing a little early Christmas shopping, Home Field Apparel is your place. Use code SQUARE at checkout. Looking ahead to our sad, sad week. Sad week. The matchup predictor for ESPN, 60%. Texas State, 39%. The Red Wolves, I think Texas State should take this game. The odds should definitely be in our favor for this game. Are you afraid of the Red Wolves? How, how have no. they strung together five wins? What's up with that? Uh, they they threw a Hail Mary and they put a freshman quarterback in there. <laughs> that's that's why. They just said that uh, they, they the way that the season was looking, it looked like they might go zero wins. Uh, Oklahoma put an ungodly amount of points on them. They went with a freshman. It's worked out to this point. Butch Jones is, again, coaching for his livelihood at this point. Mm. And that's kind of what it's been, man. Uh, I do not – I don't put a lot of faith in this Arkansas State team. Maybe that is just the past talking, but I think for any Texas State fan coming into this game, there's a difference between being confident and being cocky. We can't come in cocky, but I think we should come into this game confident. I like – a. From Arkansas State, that guy on Twitter, Howl Razor, you know what I'm talking about? That he's like a beat reporter for yes, yep, whatever. But he just always makes so much noise about this team. And for me, right, like beat reporters, that's a really cool job to get into. But also, like if your team just doesn't win like anything, what the hell are you doing? Like this, this team doesn't win shit. Like really, like across the board, that anything but, they participate in. But here's the thing, and this is this is Baby Jake. Not knowing the history, Arkansas State for a long time was proud the program. cream of the crop. Was the cream of the crop in in the really? Sun Belt football landscape? Yes, for like 2014, 2016, they were like the team to beat, and they played in a couple of conference championships. They're they're not a program that has been bad for very long, but you got to remember that um, Blake Anderson was the head coach over there for a while. Uh, his wife passed away. He probably stayed a year longer than he should have. And the wheels completely fell off. They was rotating coaches. They'd have a new coach every year, and they kind of just kept the train on the tracks. And Butch Jones came in and thought hey, the train was going to be on the tracks, and that was not the case. Train got derailed, and now he is trying to clean up the mess. Um, God bless him. Again, 
Butch Jones, not a very good uh, Sunbelt coach. I think historically we'll be looking back at him as one of the worst. I want to go back to the only good take I've had this entire year that like we're just one we're we're just one coaching cycle, one recruiting cycle away from being dog shit, everybody across the board, which I guess like do we want to talk about the Jimbo thing? It doesn't affect us at all. Uh, I Well, it kind of does. Just like how volatile like the specifically in Texas, the recruiting and then the coaching cycle world can be because, I mean, GJ will not get that job, but a guy on his coaching tree, Jeff Trailer, we've been talking about it for years, should get that job. No, but I don't think so. get the hell out of our hair in San Antonio. Well, yeah, that's wishful thinking, but no, I don't, I don't think he should get that job. Um, I'll give him look, a review. I'll, I'll give him a resume review. I look at it this way. I, I say that the Jimbo firing affects Texas State in the ripples that you're talking about, because if something happens and say Jeff Trailer does take that job or takes the Baylor job or takes the Mississippi state job, right? There's a bunch of different, then that job opens up and there's a guy on the Texas state staff who could potentially be the assistant coach of the year. Who's assistant coach of the year finalist who easily could be the guy that steps into those. And it's the brain drain that is going to get Texas state before it's GJ. Kenny leaving? I, I, it will be, talent leaving through the transfer portal or coaches leaving to other bigger jobs that's gonna get texas state before any of these big name jobs get texas state that that's my prediction and that has slowly been eating away at utsa for years but the problem is jeff trailer's done such an incredible job like continuously investing in the people he does have and slightly getting more and more donor support despite the student body voting against an athletic you know how embarrassing that was like, I would be embarrassed if I was Jeff Trailer and the student body. Like, I understand tuition is expensive, but mm-hmm. Texas, let me just rephrase. San Antonio is a giant market. You know this as a producer. I can tell you from just, like, a person who's lived there. It's a giant market. And to for them to beg for money, that's embarrassing. They should be embarrassed by that. It's nuts, yeah. Because it was only, I think it was a 3% or 4% raise of the whatever, right? So that's, like, 30 to $40 a semester, the way you yep. break it down. Um, you think about like all the service fees and stuff you paid in college and for recent grads, like if you were a full-time student, you're paying like 90 or $120 or something like that for the rec. Um, so that's like what I kind of keep in mind because I worked at the rec, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just like a bunch of these like fees and stuff and you'll, you'll pay like a fee for Texas state, right? The Texas state says all students can get in for free to home games. That's because you already paid for it. It's in your tuition. And the opposite is Texas A&M, right? Texas mm. A&M, they can't do that because there's only 100,000 seats in that stadium. And there's like something like 100,000 students in, the, uh, in their campus, right? Mm. So they couldn't be like, oh, yeah, you get free. So you have to buy a pass to yeah, go to all these games at A&M and same in Texas. I like the way Texas State's set up. I think UTSA is set up the right way. But let me ask you this, Mr. You know, former editor, Mr. Homecoming King, Mr. You know, it's Texas State here. Take us back three, four years. Take it back basketball to the 90s. Is, basketball is coming off a Danny Casper scandal. Women's basketball is struggling. Men's baseball struggling. Softball is looking, well, not struggling, but new head coach. Yeah. Softball is I think it was Trout's first year, like three years Trout's ago. Trout's first year, yeah. Soccer, not really noticeable, right? Not getting in the, in the conversation here. Volleyball, new coach, you know, he was trying to find his footing. When Zimmel was having the liquidation sale at Texas State. Fire everybody, right? Yeah. Uh, Would have you, as a Texas State student, wanted a $40 extension on your your, uh, service fees? 40 extra bucks. Would you have been, like, okay with it? 
I've been thinking about this a lot because I think if you have that same vote that UTSA did at Texas State like a few years ago, it wouldn't have passed. If you do it this year, it would pass. Or like uh, even like when baseball came off that run, I don't know, maybe much people don't really like baseball. I love Steve Trout. I would give him all my money right now if I could. Steve Trout, put your Venmo information in the comments down below. But uh, no, I guess not. Because do you know how like how much like resistance those like student government like things get? And those don't even go anywhere. Like imagine something that like has like ability to make formative change on campus. Like you're talking about Texas State, the tradition of Texas State. We're talking about protests. We're talking about petitions. Here's the <laughs> We're thing. talking about sit-ins potentially. I'm going to push back. I'm going to push back because I truly believe that Texas State has a diehard enough fan base, like just student body fan base slash people who just like sports. There's people who don't come to the games who fucking love sports, who go to the rec and play basketball, who have never been to a football game or a basketball game, who could care less about women's athletics. But boy, oh boy, do they love sports. They play 2K. And if you said to them, you you pay two semesters of this, but everybody else has to pay, they're signing up. They're signing up for sure. So I think it might pass even in the darkest days of Texas State. That's my take. Oh, I think UTSA really shat the bed here. Well, you got to think about like culturally, like what is Texas State versus UTSA? UTSA was invented by the government as a Hispanic serving institution. It was one of the first Hispanic serving institutions in the country to serve the Hispanic or Mexican population in San Antonio. How many times are you going to say Hispanic in that sentence? A lot. It's actually very impressive that they were part of that first like cohort. I, you know, got to give it up, you know, because every year I think the star does like an article on like what should be an HSI. I did that one year. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know. Is that it? Yeah. Hispanic yeah. people go to UTSA so they don't like football. And then Texas State, like, what what are we known for, man? Winning the tailgate, winning the, you know, so, like, all of that, like, builds on to the student experience is what I'm trying to say. You know, it's formatively built in, whereas Texas, or UTSA is literally trying to catch up. Like, the infrastructure is there at Texas State already. There was, like, a, there was a much more, there's a much more concise way. This is shocking, Mr. Newspaper Man, with the word count here. Yeah. Much more concise way. That's true. Commuter campus versus live on campus. That is the difference. UTSA is does not have an on-campus vibe. They have no there. There are commuter campus, whereas Texas Day has finally broken the shackles of that. The majority, I imagine, or a large minority of the students who go to Texas State live in San Marcos. That is huge versus the amount of people who live anywhere close to the campus at UTSA. That is a big difference to me. And you know what it is? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. We were complaining about it when we were in college. I've complained about it after college. But these student living developments that have popped up in San Marcos have what made this school what it is today, which I guess, thank you. Do I want to target downtown that ruins the skyline? No. But I guess at least it's cool that more people are living in San Marcos because I lived and voted in San Marcos for like five years. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah. If let me ask you, if 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 it came up where you could either pay forty dollars more to have better athletic facilities or better athletics, or pay a hundred and forty bucks more to prevent developers to put on campus a semester, I would gladly sign up for the hundred and forty bucks. Yeah. No more developments near yeah. campus. You know, but, you know that's just me. 
what's an interesting calculation is what $40 uh, right now would mean on like the greater impact of your student loan overall, you know, like how much is that $40 <laughs> that that's, you paid for four years sending and, you back 20 and years that's from so now? True. And that's why it should be embarrassing. And for every tech state fan, every Tom Madden, everybody else who gets on Twitter and just kind of chirps at UTSA fans. This to me is, this is a big ultimate win. Trump card no. is that like your fan base doesn't even like your school. <laughs> like your family doesn't even like your athletics. Yeah. Whereas we love our athletics so much that and we've this, put through hell. This wasn't like a overnight thing either. This wasn't like a, oh, everybody just like went to sleep and didn't vote on this or whatever. This was a campaign by UTSA and the athletics department uh, who sat like Jeff Trailer out in the quad or whatever UTSA calls their like area that students commingle. The interstate. They put him next to the interstate. They put them on I-35 and the mall across the street from their school. <laughs> and they talked about this athletic service fee and like what it would do for the university, different projects that they want to tackle, different things that they want to attempt to do with the increase in funding. And it still fucking failed. So, I mean, you think about like how many programs the university, Texas State or any other university pushes like Kelly's run to R1 campaign. It's very similar to that. But the difference is, is that's going to work. <laughs> that's yeah. the difference. It's yeah. that like, what, and this is a good thing because we can transition now to bowl games. Because mm-hmm. uh, we're talking, I mean, every week it seems like we're talking about this now that we're bowl eligible. So let's hit it one more time. Uh, Danfis had the best tweet I've seen him make, which is saying something. Where mm-hmm. uh, there was a fan who was asking, hey, the, the jump in website, love it, good merch. What bowl game are you going to <laughs> What, what do we have any insight and kelly finally was like hey listen december 3rd is when we know for sure there's still a lot of time in between of course texas state wins eight games it's going to be a better bowl game than if they win six games of course but he's like you know leave me alone here <laughs> this is this is what we're making it and i i love that i love we have a president who's on twitter who's conversating back the number one thing that my longhorn fan friends say is that chris Conte is the most accessible AD in college sports, which is true. If you tweet at Cristo Conte at a Longhorn game, he will tweet right back at you from the bo- from the suite from the box. If you tweet at Kelly Danfis, he's tweeting back at you. When we just send a tweet out off the squaring account or off one of our personal accounts, we get a like. Even And I'll tell you this. I know even if it's not a positive tweet, he sees it. You know, he's he's out here. He's, he's lurking. He knows what's going on. He's like Santa Claus. He's also subscribed, he I think, to Square and Round because he does message us from time to time and go, hey, this was what you guys said and this is what's actually happening. Not like we're wrong all the time, but just that he's participating in discourse with us. So shout out Kelly. What's up? How's it going, man? For sure. And I, I love how accessible he is. And I love that he's like, he's making this happen, man. Mm-hmm. He's making this happen. Just a dollar in a dream. Also, like that fan asking Kelly, like, what's up? Kelly serves on however many committees for the NCAA and all these like athletic conferences and stuff. I like where that guy's head at. Like this guy definitely knows this up. Like Texas state has hosted like bowl partner people in the past at different games and stuff. I've gotten to see like the Hawaii bowl guy roll through and see my dreams fade into darkness. Uh, we're probably not going to Hawaii. Would, uh, Frisco, 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 Frisco. Idaho, That's where we're going. Game? We're going to Frisco. Huh? We're going to Frisco. hundred percent. Frisco against UNT. That is my prediction. Hmm. Okay. That'd be a fun game. You know, UNT's kind of struggled, but put together a season and us doing what we do. 
And look, and it, it looks this is the problem with conference play, right? It if you gave me a potentially Texas conference where you're playing UTSA and UNT and Sam Houston State and UT, UTEP and all those, that'd be a great conference. That'd be a great um, time. Yeah. But we're not going to get that. So if we get UTSA in the regular season and UNT in the postseason, you can't be mad about that. That's that is essentially is the best conference, best best overall schedule Texas State could possibly put together. Baylor at the beginning, UTSA in non-conference, UNT in a bowl game. You look back at this season, win, lose, or draw as a great, great scheduled season for Texas State, and you'd have fun as a fan. I'd have, I'd love it. And we talked about it last week on the on our podcast on our channel. We're on the Republic of Football, of course, this week. But, um, like, fuck, what was I talking about? Scared money don't make money, you know? Yes. And that's why I really don't want to play UTSA. It's like, if you really believe in this team, Jacob, put all your chips again. Fuck no, dude. They're favored to win the American now. <laughs> nah, you're big purr, bro. You're big purr. Yeah. I, I'm not scared of UTSA. If Texas State plays at their best. If TJ Finley's healthy, we're good to go. We have a game plan that we can beat UTSA if we face them again. Scare money, don't make money. I want UTSA in a bowl game. We're not going to get them. They're going to win their conference and play in a, in the Cure Bowl. They might hang another banner. They're a very good team right now. Not, that, not that much all longer. comes down to culture, right? Not much longer. Frank Harris Jr. cannot continue to play at this level forever. He's a grown man playing against college kids. It's illegal. It's wrong. And Jeff Trailer won't be around anymore. Have fun in Starksville. Well, you know what happened uh, is they also have a guy from the Valley who perhaps is going to be their next guy at a Lee Marburger, you know? Maybe. Texas State could have used a guy from the Valley behind center, I'll tell you. Ha! A couple years ago. Nah. No, you don't think so? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Uh, volleyball is playing in the conference tournament this week. Very fun. I regret to inform you all, we do not have a single volleyball <laughs> coverage episode this week, this year. Uh, I've been dealing with some things over the last couple of weeks that have taken away some focus from this podcast. I don't know, man. It's been tough. There's a lot of good photos. If you are following them on Instagram, if you're not, you should. They've got a bunch of good action photos that I've been sending to my photographer friends, our friend of the pod, Kate Connor. I've sent a couple of to her, and I was like, damn, these are really good photos because I don't remember... It's weird. Texas State has people come in and out when it comes to the social media and like the the technology departments, especially when it comes to like sports stuff. It's just like a revolving door. So you don't know who's taking the photos anymore. But the photos this year have been really good when it comes to the action shots. They're really good, dude. And, you know, we unfortunately our boy uh, Alex is not with the program anymore, but you could tell that they were building something very cool. And I've gotten really close with a few of those guys, Kyle and Kirby out there. And I talk to them every week and they're just so dedicated to their crafts. Like if you think about it, these guys are not making millions of dollars out there. They just love what they do and that they pour everything into it. It's so cool to see that level of investment in people. Not saying that that never existed when we were losing, but it was a little bit different. The atmosphere there last year. Yeah, last year, right? Yeah. Yo, and uh, yeah, anybody you talk to, it, and look, you don't want to talk ill of the dead, but Larry Tice is dead to all of us. So Don has done a great job of boosting morale in that building. It feels like a completely different Texas State just athletic department. Uh, you think about the difference between like just text messages I get from people who work there. The DMs we get from people that work there, the coaching staffs have been a lot more 
friendly to us versus years past. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's us being propagated to people now. Maybe that's us just being like homers. But I really, truly do not think that my coverage has changed all that much. The tone has been very consistent from this side. When you're good, we love you. When you stink, we're going to tell you you stink. So the facts are that I think that there is just a lighter mood over there. And that is now translated to us having a better relationship, too. So I'm happy about that. And I think the way to approach this, too, like because we did this in college, you know, we're, we're, we're not new to this. We're true to this. But we always were kind of homers first. Like, we are optimistic at the beginning of the season. Analyst. Who is it, right? Analyst. Fan analyst. We analyze our team. And we're damn good at it. Mm-hmm. We're really, I think we're really good. I agree. At it. I agree. I have to tell no. And you know what? The people in Thailand, the people in Colombia. Number one international Texas State podcast. Want to thank you guys, Ni Hao, to our friends in the East who are just absolutely loving some square round pod as seen in Dave Campbell's Texas football's preview for the magazine or basketball magazine. This Shout out ish. Fellow Shout Bobcat. Ish. Um, we have anything else to talk about? Basketballs look good. Um, both sides. I, I kind of was expecting a little bit more out of self. Um, these early in the season, good news. You know, she's working herself into form. Bad news. Uh, I think she started like two and 11 to start that first game. But according to the coaching staff over there, and according to everything I've seen, this is just the beginning. They feel pretty good. I think right now they're like, what, five and oh? Yeah. Between the two schools or between the two teams? I don't think they've lost a game yet. We play UTSA on Friday. So that'll be a good test for us. They're looking okay ish. Um, Last week, got on here, got our asses kicked to Little Rock. No longer a Sunbelt team. Don't have any respect for them. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I was uh, like, last night, I, I said we were undefeated. Scratch took, that. We're not undefeated. I took two L's last night or the night before. I can't remember when the Spurs were in OKC. But the Spurs lost to the Thunder in dramatic fashion. They got the shit kicked out of them. And then that same night <laughs> in Norman, the Bobcats got the shit kicked out of them too. So not great. Oklahoma has our number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really do. And Kelly was there for the game, too. And everybody was like, oh, my God, Boomer Sooner. We love you, Kelly. You know, because he used to work in Norman. So it's worked everywhere. It hurts when you see, uh, you know, your your current girlfriend, like speaking, you know, reminiscing up with the ex-boyfriend. Throwing up the wolves or whatever that he does. You're like, ah, are you seeing his Aggie ring? And you're like, no. Delete those pictures he, off of Instagram. He really just check like every box. I would. This will be. This will be a real test here. This will be a real test here. Can we get a home and home with A and M with the the Kelly Danfis connection? Ooh, that would be. I think you got to win like two or three bowl games in a row before you get on that schedule. But I, I'm just asking, asking the question. Well, and so like when I saw that Texas State was playing Oklahoma for basketball this year, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because like, as I said before, I fucking hate the non-conference schedule. I think it's such a waste of time. And I think we should play better teams because we get down to the stretch in the Sun Belt. And suddenly all these teams are really good because they've played a bunch of really good teams, have that experience, regardless of the freshmen on the team, regardless of the transfer portal stuff that we're doing. Um but I don't know. I've been a little dissatisfied, to say the least, about our non-conference schedule in recent years. But when we started playing that, I was like, oh, is that like a Kelly move? Feels like it. No. I think that was on the schedule for a while. That was on the schedule for a but while. But Oklahoma is not good at basketball. 
So that's something to kind of take. They looked pretty too. fucking good the other night. <laughs> well, yeah, but like in the grand scheme of the Big Twelve, like they're not one of those teams that you look at and go like, "Oh shit!" Like they're going to compete for a conference title. So and, and I this just, is I'm November put that out there basketball, too. right? So like they're not playing their true five out there. They're not even playing their six guy most of the time, all the time. I mean, we have a sophomore that has like 40 minutes a game right now. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go out and live here and say that that was a bad loss and just keep it moving. Oh, yeah, we got the shit kicked out of us. And then, you know, we we just kind of TJ Finley the situation. We we uh, we were like, you know what? Let's just take our guys back. <laughs> take, literally, turtling. Let's take back Texas and move on to next week. That's what they fucking did in real time. That's a long drive. And I'll tell you, that's a long drive from Norman back to Sam Marcus. Mm-hmm. Long you, drive. You, you said that was probably just like a recruiting thing in itself because yeah, I, I think had a so. That's with guys from Oklahoma, Mason Harrell. Yeah, I, I think for sure, and it's easy, especially if Texas State leaves early. They get there, the games, whatever, in the afternoon. You send your coaches to those high schools and go like, "Hey, have lunch with some dudes." <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, go go show some face because Mason especially Harrell, former Gatorade Player of the Year in Oklahoma, right? So you know, we got literally got one of the best yeah. players in the country and to come to Texas State a couple years ago. And by yeah, a couple, and I mean, I mean like six, that's that's so part of it too. That's part of it too. Uh, I, I I'll never forget when Danny Casper went on his recruiting trip to go get uh to go get Mason Harold. Did I ever tell you that story, Jacob? Yeah, and you were like, uh, Danny told me he's trying to recruit like a five foot seven guy from Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. We were on the air on Bobcat Radio on KTSW, and we were like, uh, so what's the story? Well, I can't really say too much, but there's the uh, Gatorade Player of the Year who might be coming to Texas State, and we're like. All right, well then we look it up and we're like five foot seven. I'm like, what the hell's Casper doing? <laughs> like, what what are we doing here? We didn't know what he was here. cooking at the time. I did not know what he was cooking at the time. Mason Harrell turned into one of the best players in Texas State history. And that's one thing Danny Casper has on me is scouting. Uh race relations, I think I beat him. Oh yeah. I it it uh sucks the way that things worked out for him. By the way, if you read Dave Campbell's Texas football, I talked about this. Uh, Coach Johnson actually addresses it. This is the first year that he has not had any players associated with Danny Casper, recruited by Danny Casper, or coaching staff that played, or I shouldn't say play, I guess worked under Danny Coach Casper. Danny Casper yeah. yeah, so this Except is a, really a big page-turning year for Texas State as a program. And I think a lot of people want to see us do more work on like the recruiting end because they've seen the success that football has, right? Like Southern Miss has a guy who's like seven feet tall. Like we could, uh, we could easily become a very good, crazy basketball school, I think. The recruiting that the football team did essentially was like, hey, every power five player who doesn't like their coach, come on down. Yeah. And we put him in a melting pot and it worked out. Like, come on, man. What are we talking about here? But like it is how much is that is based on luck too, right? Because every once in a while you'll read these headlines in like college football, whatever, right? Dave Campbell's cover guys when when guys get DUIs or whatever. But like sometimes there's a shithead that comes into the portal and kind of fucks things up for your team. And you're like, dang, this guy was supposed to be good. Look at his stats he put up in, I don't know, for example, o- OSU or somewhere. And now he's just owning San Marcos being a dickhead, you know? But that has not that happened. hasn't happened. That no. has not happened. They've done a good job of doing like uh, background checks on some of these guys, like character background checks. I mean. Character background uh, checks. In. Yeah. So, I mean, we haven't had any of those problems. Um, but God, to man. say, but to say for the basketball program, we want to recruit. I don't want that. I want dudes in cafeterias. I want dudes in uh, AAU tournaments. I want dudes like go and recruit freshmen and bringing those guys on campus because what Texas State women's basketball did to just put a nice little bow on it is they had their most senior class, I think, ever because they had all those COVID seniors graduate so 
they kind of had to supplement it with transfer students because they don't have a ton of freshmen. Like you can't bring 10 new freshmen on campus. That's just not, you don't have enough scholarships for it. So they had to supplement it with transfer portal uh, players and, and it worked out, you know, they, I think what uh, coach Z is trying to do is continue to just add freshmen in every year, grow them, mature them, um, you know, build them up. Uh, but also bring in a couple sophomores and juniors and grad transfers to kind of build out the roster. And I think that's a good way to build it out, especially on the women's side of things. That's where I guess I kind of want to end things also on a basketball note. You were talking about AAU, recruiting true freshmen, building a culture. That is where my guy, Coach Johnson, shines. As a former AAU guy, who's one of the best in the country, you know, ended up going through the college pipeline, mentoring, you know. He's got a bunch of stuff under his belt that, like, makes him prime time to do this shit. And, you know, it's evident in his recruiting. You know, the guys that we have, I wish we could have kept Nate Martin. Now he's with Marshall. That one's going to really hurt. He's going to be great this year. Uh, he's going to be one of the best in the country. I put it in the damn DCTF thing. Uh, so that kind of sucks because that was like homegrown talent. But you look just down the street, we were able to keep Caden Gums from San Marcos high. So, you know, pretty good. And he was very we'll good on a good. very good San Marcos team. I don't know. I don't care enough about the San Marcos High School. I've always been kind of okay. like anti San Marcos High, but well, we'll see. <laughs> you called a lot of those games, man. How you I did, and I San didn't Marcos. Enjoy it. You're like a bona fide rattler. I'm sure if we looked hard enough, there's like you and purple polo pictures. No, 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 no. I'm never. I never rocked the purple. Never rocked yeah. the purple. TCU purple and white are the only TCU uh, only yeah. purple I'd wear. That sucks, especially after last week. Also, right? I've said we haven't really have the true starting five in rotation. Colton Benson's been out. Christian Turner, who I think is going to be one of the best guys on the team this year, was out. Uh, I saw them all on the square about two months ago. Easily the drippiest team I've ever seen out in recent memory. So if nothing else, at least we got that going for us. Last of the standings, first on the runway. Yes, sir. So. <laughs> Sweet. Thanks for watching, everybody. We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. Better not come any closer. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up. Eat em up.